Jamie Neal, the host, asked many questions about their mindset and how they fundamentally operate their world and the world around them. Here at 360 Yourself, we are very proud and honoured to be partnered with General Assembly. We embrace this with open arms to a new adventure. General Assembly is a global tech education company focused on the most in-demand areas today. So that's anything from UX, digital marketing, coding, data science, data analytics, to travel writing and ethics. Our slash their main goal is to get you where you want to be. You can find out more about them at ga.co online or across all socials at ga underscore London. We also encourage you to please rate and comment about us on Apple Podcasts. If you do enjoy what we bring to your ears, we'd love to hear about it. Hello and welcome back to 360 or so. You've got me, the host, Jamie Neal. I hope you're having a beautiful morning, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are in the world, because we have so many people tuning in uh, constantly to our uh, episodes. I'm really, really excited. Um, last time I checked, it was like France, Germany, Australia, New York, uh, London. I mean, the list goes on and I'm really, really humbled that people are just taking the moment to listen into our show because I really, really love it. I love connecting to friends and new faces and stuff. So I really, really hope you're enjoying the show. And if you do love the show, or like the show, or you just go, yeah, it's all right, but I hope you love it. Um, please do rate and comment on our Apple podcast, because honestly, it, it fills me with joy when I see a comment saying, really love the show, or I love this guest, or I love this quote. So please, please do, because we also, what we do at the podcast is that we do this give back at the end, and I'd love to know if that those small little information at the, at the end of the podcast, these give backs really do enhance your day, or you take it into your life. I really, really hope so. So I want to update what's going on in the world at the moment. It is the 6th of March, I believe, uh, here in the UK. And we've had so much uh, going on at the moment. I mean, last week, uh, on Monday, we had an announcement from our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, talking about how we're going to ease of our lockdown because we have been in lockdown for a very, very long time. I think it's lockdown 3.0. So... I believe from April, middle of April, is that some of the things are going to be uh, easing. I think, and I think from June twenty first, which most people have in their calendars, uh, that's when most of the things or laws and restrictions were going to be easing. So everyone is like ready for a summer, ready to get dancing, ready to kind of cuddle and say hello to people they haven't seen for a long time. So I hope it happens, but of course that is a long, long way away. So I'm not holding my breath because before Christmas, 
we thought we were going to have a Christmas and then suddenly we did a left turn and then we weren't having a Christmas. So um, I am obviously always very optimistic and I always believe the universe will uh, provide for me around my space and just believe in it. But I do I do think that it is a bit far away to be thinking that we're going to be totally in the free zone. But if we are, please come and say hello to me if you see me in the street because I love that. I love to see people and I haven't seen a lot of people uh, recently, like everyone else in London and the UK, so please, please do if you see me. Um, so swiftly moving on, I am introducing one of my uh, guests called Ian Eastwood, who is a brilliant actor, dancer, choreographer and director and was featured on NBC's new TV show, World of Dance, um, as Ian and Eastwood and the Young Lions, basically. And... What I love about him is that his family are all included in his business. They're all very, very creative, and I absolutely love that. And the same, similarly for my family, we are all very artistic. We all love the arts. We love musical theatre. We sing all the time. So that is, I just love it. And also just a kind of personal thing as well. I've known Ian Eastwood for a long, long, long time, uh, indirectly via his YouTube videos, which he used to do. And I'm so, so excited to talk to him about his journey, about also like me looking up to him when I was younger, when I was, I think it was like 12, 15 years ago when I was just coming up and he was doing the YouTube videos and I absolutely loved them. So it's sort of like a nostalgic thing to really talk to one of the people that you really looked up to. So I want to introduce you to Ian. Hey Ian, how are you doing? What's up, Jamie? I'm doing good, man. Kicking good, it. Good. Um, how are you? So whereabouts are you in the world at the moment? Where are you? I'm currently at my house in uh, North Hollywood in LA. And yeah. I, I, funny, funny thing. So I, when I first went to LA, I when I was, was about 24, 25, I stayed in North Hollywood. I was like, that was where the, all the dancers and the creatives were. So that's what I got told. So I was like, okay, I'll stay in North Hollywood. And I'm obviously I'm, I'm from London, so I walk a lot everywhere because everything's quite close. Yeah, so <laughs> I thought, friendly I'm walking. Try, so. I, I, I was like, I'm going to try and walk from North, North Hollywood to West Hollywood, right? Whoa. So I walked. Is that even from, possible? No, I walked from the pie shop. I think there's a, there's a pie shop in North Hollywood. Yeah. Oh, and I walked sure. from there all the way to kind of the dual carriageway situation. It was like an hour and a half walk. And I got to the dual carriageway and I was like, I don't think I can walk this anymore. I was like, there's nowhere for me to walk. And I realized at that moment that I was like, I can't walk anywhere just to like look around. I was like, oh, you no, have no, to no. everywhere. You literally have to because there's only freeway to get through to things or only like certain crazy roads and but, like but there are places like in Silver Lake where you can and like sort of like downtown where there are like little communities that you can walk. Yeah, on. yeah, so yeah. When you're from like a, a city like New York or like London or those, yeah. you enjoy walking around and seeing things where like- Not a walking you place. That, you can't do that in LA unless you're like hiking and you go for a walk that way, but you can't just walk from place to place. Yeah, there's also a weird thing where like just the neighborhoods in general are not necessarily like, like scenic or like pretty. They're just very jammed in and just yeah. like- I find yeah. that everyone, and everyone has like a sort of like gate for your car. Yes. And I find Literally, that I'm the only house on this entire block that doesn't have like a gate with spikes on it. And why is why is that? Everywhere has a gate. <laughs> Everybody's just trying to get extra safe, I guess. <laughs> I find it really, I find it really peculiar because when I got yeah, there, it's like the like, California thing. I don't know. Yeah, I thought it's everywhere. like everywhere though. It's definitely everywhere in LA. 
Yeah, it's it's a very odd thing. But so have you have you always lived in 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 that area or have you moved? No, to- uh, well, so I'm originally from Chicago, so Oak Park, uh, which is right outside um, the city, and uh, yeah, I'm used to a totally different, like totally different vibe. Like, uh, you know, my my town's called Oak Park because every single street is lined with trees uh, for our whole town. Our my neighborhoods like a mile wide by like three miles long and so it was like just a perfect kind of like playground growing up and I we uh had a two train stops that went you know um directly downtown so when I was a kid I could um take the train down with my friends for two dollars and 25 cents and go to the beach in the city and go shopping and do all this fun stuff and be back you know, um, for dinner. And that was like a really cool, like experience as a kid. And like my neighborhood had tons of parks, like tons of like incredible architecture. I'm from, um, the place where Frank Lloyd Wright had his like home and studio, which he's like a crazy famous architect. So like our whole town is like very like architectural and like, you know, designerly. So coming out to like, LA it was like a totally different shift like lots of materials that are just like random you know just whatever you got to do to just make shift something cool and like it was like a totally different like you know um mindset and like just like pace to everything um everybody's like very much on their own agenda uh in in LA and like California or in in Chicago it's like not more orderly, but just, I feel like more organized, you know, there's a lot more like, I hate to say this term, but like regular people in the world. Like, they're just like, they just are like, you know, they just got like a family and they just got a job and they're not like upset about the Every, job that they're in. Like, is an actor or everyone is a dancer. Everyone. Yeah. And it's just like, you never know who's looking at you and, or who's like trying to get something from you or like, if you're being judged by somebody because they think they're better than you for some reason. It's annoy you that that most people are like that in LA. Like obviously like you know that you have your group of friends, your community that's cool and chill. But that's why a lot of people find it difficult to move to LA because they always believe that that people are just kind of out there to get something from you. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, I would say LA because you're like away from all your resources and all the things that make you kind of like you or have shaped you to kind of be you as a person, If you, especially if you're not from here. Yeah. It's like um, you already feel like you're just like placed into something that's not, you know, what you're used to. And LA can just it's it is draining and it's tiring, but also like um the thing is, it's like you can kind of remind yourself why you're here. And it's like, I'm here for this purpose to pursue my career. And I, I don't have necessarily have to decide that I'm going to like live the rest of my entire life here. Or I don't even know. I'm not like necessarily making, you know, the end plan. But uh, the older I've gotten, the less disappointed in L.A. being a different place than my home uh i've been because it's like it is a different place you know <laughs> this yeah, yeah. is why i'm here like that's yeah i'm here to pursue this career this career is kind of a weird career path you know it's like got a lot of weird that's things to it stuff. it's a lot of like personal and career blended together and mixed into one and and you how, know, so. how long have you lived in la then for now i've lived in la now 10 years so i'm, I'm about to turn 28 this year 
um, in April, and I moved out here when I was 18. So, and they they say if you've lived in somewhere more than 10 years, technically you're like class is sort of a resident, then you're like a certain yeah. I mean, I did, definitely in the last few years, I started feeling like, oh, I'm like no LA, like, yeah. I and not really because LA is also like LA feels like four or five cities in one, you know, it feels like. I don't know, like it just feels very different in each place. And unless you have something that like really brings you to that neighborhood. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 like, it's so different though. I think it's even, uh, it's not so much in like London where we have like, you have your North, East and West where in your in your West, it's quite, it's very different to East. But like, it feels like in, in LA where you have like Beverly Hills and then you have like, like North Hollywood, then you have like downtown and then you have like- Yeah, yeah. They're like separate cities in and of themselves. Yeah, it has its own sort of way of working. There's totally different people there. Like it's- Yeah, and then it's like, if you have friends that live in that place, you're just like, and then you ask them where they live and they're like, oh, I'm downtown. And I'm like in the Valley. It's like, oh, I'm never gonna see you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's just like simple. It's just like, "Mm, that's never, I'm never gonna hang out with you. Like- (laughs) So like, if you were like going to like North Hollywood, like if you were kind of like top of North Hollywood and you're going like to downtown, that would take you like two and a half hours or something in the car. There's like a lot of traffic. I mean, the thing that also has been kind of good about COVID is that traffic in LA is like, you know, way down. Like you can get anywhere now in like a normal amount of time. But back before everything was like normal. Yeah, like it could take you easily an hour and a half uh, to get to either downtown or West Hollywood from North north hollywood it's just crazy it's like you don't love driving if you're living in la if you don't love driving yeah yeah that's that i mean that's a, that's definitely a big adjustment for sure like and so, so i want to know how did it all start because i know your parents are very creative and also you have a, your own company called young lines i think it's called yeah um yeah and you reckon that you can't seem to see it but um yeah so how did that all start then from the beginning like i'm assuming you're you're, you saw a kind of artistic kind of flourishes from your parents. You were like, oh, mm-hmm. I really want to kind of get into that. So yeah, tell me, tell me all how it happened. Yeah, so basically um, my parents are both artists and they went to, um, they met actually at art school in Chicago in the 80s. And, um, you know, they fell in love and they moved to Oak Park and they had me and, um, basically uh when my when i was like hit about like three or four or something like that my mom um was trying to find art classes for me to take and just get into and just you know nourish you know assuming that i probably have some artistic inclination and she couldn't find any art programs anywhere and it was like a big shock to her because oak park was supposedly this big arts town you know and had all these like famous artistic people come from there and blah 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 and so she was like, wow, it's kind of fascinating. There's like really no good art programs. So my mom actually designed a whole art program um, and that she ran out of our house. And um, yeah, pretty incredible. So she designed a whole curriculum based off of kids my age. And she was just like put it up around town. And um, her first class had six students. And then her next class, like by a year or something like that, she was running, um, I think, classes four days a week two slots a day and every single one was um jam-packed like sold out and then eventually my dad start my mom like uh my mom's kids they would like get too old and graduate because she was just like building the program as she was going and uh then 
my dad started teaching older kids like drawing. So, cause my mom was doing like kind of more like arts and crafts, like, and she was way ahead of her time. She was like re using recycled materials. Like, so like we would turn like a, like a milk carton or something like that into like a fairy house or like, and she was just like really creative. Everything was from recycled materials. So Sweet. shout out to my mom. That's so cool. This is like in 1996 or 97 or something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So she was like killing it. And then, um, you know, to make some extra income, my dad uh, designed drawing classes for the kids that were getting older and wanted to actually start it like really for real polishing their skill. And then my mom even created like baby classes and they just like built this whole entire business out underneath our house that they would teach out of our basement in the winter. Uh -huh. And then on, in our backyard, literally in my mom's like incredible garden in the summer and like warm months. And so my mom had like over 120 students coming in and out of her house every week. And um, she would have galleries for them where she would talk about each and every individual student and like what they brought to the table and like how great they were. And she would give them like a certificate of completion. And my parents would turn our entire house into an art gallery of all like children's art. So all the blank walls in our house, they'd fill with like all the kids, like this would be like 10 projects of little art kids artwork. And it was kind of like the most incredible thing ever. So that's what I grew up with every day of my life. Um, and I, and so I was, yeah. I read that they designed um, the, the stuff, the graphic design and stuff on you. Yeah, yeah. My dad did this logo. This is actually his design. And if you look closely, it's actually got a bunch of dancers in there oh, into the mane cool. of the lion. So there's like a dancer here. I think I'm actually in here somewhere. Um, it's amazing that you kind of keep it in the family, as, as they will say, like these famous people, they, they, all, their, their parents are like the accountant or their parents is that the manager. Yeah, my dad still manages me. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's it's so great though. It's great that you keep it in the family. And that's how it should. Yeah, be. yeah. No, it's like really cool. Um, I'm from like a long line of like entrepreneurs on my mom's side in particular. Um, they're like the Latoria family. And they were actually like the largest Italian American family in America in like in the uh, in the 20s. They got brought to like the Chicago World's Fair, and there's like all these news articles about them. Wow. Yeah, they're pretty so cool. pretty cool bunch, the Latoria family. So my mom has like 80 um, first cousins that are uh, you know. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, big family, and then it was really interesting dynamic because I grew up around a, like a large family dynamic, but then and then had all the art kids coming into the class, but I was actually an only child, so it's like weird because I'm used to like being surrounded by a lot of people all the time, but then also being like really alone within the same space. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of uh, it's been interesting, and it made me feel regular when I went out to teach on the road because it was a kind of almost like a similar setup to yeah like, like and being surrounded by parents who are so artistic has obviously yeah. a lot of your, your creative projects and obviously you were talking about like we were talking beforehand like you toured a lot of like a lot of countries with uh yeah. tours of like pulse and like uh vip dance and stuff and obviously the pulse is um, the big big one of america isn't it and, yeah yeah and, and i and also congratulations on the recent commercial that you did with um, henry schofield as well congratulations oh i love henry he's like I such mean, an incredible he, director he's to work the with. og of like movement for film directing i mean he's done like he did i think did he do uh, did um 
uh, Dua Lipa's new rules. He did yeah. uh, Stromae's Tuzla Men. I mean, he's a, yeah, he's a, he is like incredible. That was our second time working together. We had done like a a, a Budweiser commercial in China or in um, Thailand before, and like he's like I learned so much from him. He's definitely like a big mentor to me. That um, he's just like such a great person to work with because. Um, film is my like definitely my other biggest passion other than dance and as I'm getting older even maybe even a bigger passion because it's more like encompassing yeah um, like all types of things um, and it still uses movement regardless you know so um, yeah so but Henry he like really respects me as like a filmmaker so we like he he really like sits down and like um, I just always feel valued whenever I'm working with him and also like I'm being mentored and taught things at the same time. Like whenever I don't know something, you know, I just, I don't feel intimidated because a lot of directors and a lot of people that are like so crazy, like big names, you know, they can be pretty intimidating, but Henry is like such a like great person and always just like so down to take time to explain something to you and, you know, yeah, um, yeah. That's, that meant a lot to me. And how, how was it? Because you were saying you shot it during kind of COVID situations. How was that kind of traveling and stuff? Uh, to be honest with you, that specific experience was like the most stressful experience ever, only because not, and that's not like this person, it's, it doesn't even have anything to do with that. It was actually like this circumstance was like such a big gig for me. And so it was just natural amount of like pressure to just yeah, like yeah. perform well and just like want to do your best. And, but then juxtaposed with like my first time traveling during COVID in the first six months of a pandemic that yeah. like my parents and grandparents didn't even experience. Like, you know, like it's like, yeah. it's a whole different category. And it was like, you know, it was definitely a lot of things were very finesse, you know, like um, because of not, like people not obeying things but because there's so much unclarity you know so it was just like no one really knew what the rules were so no one knew what rules we were breaking what rules we were you know like it was yeah. just like it was probably easier back then to try we were saying beforehand like uh, at the moment in the uk you can't travel absolutely anywhere without quarantining coming back yeah i think because yeah. no one knew what was happening yeah no i was, was like was, we were able was, to go no one knew like it's in, even in like I think production came back online, I think July, because it got, it kind of got the safety uh, from uh, APA, which is also the, the organization for commercials and stuff. But before that, no one knew how to ensure, no one knew how to kind of navigate yeah. around this space. So for you guys, it was kind of like, are we, are we meant to be traveling? Are we not? Meant no, to be I, I did definitely like the entire time. Cause the thing is too, I was there for like two weeks and some change because there was so much pre-production and lots of work with, you know, location setting and just working on every single detail of the, of like me and Henry, like specifically like have a whole version of that, just like shot on iPhone and crappy rehearsals. Because yeah. it's like we have like when when I get to work with Henry, he makes sure every single second and detail is completely accounted for before we're shooting anything. Yeah. So there's a ton of pre-production work um, before Leslie or any talent even got there. Yeah. And so as I, the, dope as the time as we were having, we were so worried like 
So what happens when we try and get back? Like, yeah, I mean, did you have to quarantine? Did you have to quarantine going back? Was that a rule back then, or I don't even, I can't even remember. It's like those things that it's like they give you a piece of paper when you're leaving, like quarantine for 14 days. It's like, oh, I mean, okay, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's like, well, and also it's like, what is quarantining for 14 days? It's like if I can still go out and get groceries, and I can, it's like, well, that, that that's already the life I'm living. Exactly, exactly. And and you've also like worked with like other people as well, not not to name, uh, not to name drop, but like Justin Bieber yeah. as well. You did his, yeah. his ETA, wasn't it? Which you danced. And yeah, that was such a great experience. Have you have you always sort of enjoyed doing both, like dancing your own choreography, or is it is a is a point that you? Because I know I know a lot of choreographers don't like to do their own choreography. Yeah, like, yeah. See, witness it, but. Have you have you always liked the kind of being on screen and also creative being the creative force as well behind it? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, I think that there's like just a certain thing with a lot of like certain choreographers where the the choreography itself will maybe just never look exactly like what it what the choreographer sees unless they physically do it. So there's like a certain level of that with my choreography that it's just like so tailored to my specific body and just like my knowledge of dance yeah of not like i have so much knowledge of dance but my specific path within dance that makes what my dance looks like so specific mm -hmm. that um there's like a certain level of like i always do enjoy watch like um uh chopping and editing my my footage of myself because it's almost like uh a constant if that makes sense it's like i i know what i'm gonna look like <laughs> you know what i'm saying like i'm pretty sure like sometimes it's a little worse sometimes it's a little better but it's like i have a general vicinity you know yeah, yeah. but like when i get to direct and i get to like capture other people it's like a little bit more magical i think because it's like not specifically me so i can be more excited about it mm -hmm. um although I'm technically less invested in it, you know, because sometimes, so it's like kind of just interesting. It's like, I like directing and shooting other people because I actually, people don't know this, but I have like super intense, like anxiety and like, uh, I'm, I get overwhelmed about my own material. So like, I think, um, I think the best people do though. I think you wouldn't, you, yeah, right. Even like Meryl Streep once said that she gets terrible anxiety just before she goes on set and she gets yeah. she's overwhelmed and she's like, absolutely a massive star and very accomplished. But I mean, is yeah. she getting it at that level? I feel like it's actually even gotten worse as I've gotten older, like, because now it's like trajectory and momentum and all these things. And it's just like all these, um, non-actual life things that are happening that people like that people and yourself put into your head that like are not real in real life like you're only going from like moment to moment and it's like you know there is a trajectory and there is momentum but like also not really like you go to sleep and you wake up and it's a new day and that's that's that day you know I also think as well there's something about having sort of like a following and I know for like like yeah. the statistics on like YouTube, like 65 million YouTube views, which is incredible. Like to have yeah. that and then to go like knowing that 65 million people have seen my work and the next thing that comes out has to be like even better because you know that that yeah. is going to be- I was definitely getting lot, like very lost in that between like ages like um, probably 20 to like 23, 24. And I wasn't necessarily having like, 
the career um like checkpoints or just like things that like I wanted to have it was just all a separate route than I anticipated but completely unexpected and incredible but not what I was like seeking out to accomplish like all the traveling and teaching and YouTube videos were like me trying to show people that I could do this on a serious like real like real scale but then it's just weird because along the way it almost like shaped and shifted dance to make people want to do what I was doing more than the thing I was trying to do in the first place by making the material it's kind of like a weird yeah did you, you know did you, like did you, did you find that like because I think I was talking to someone about this recently about how, how social media can be really great but also can be really bad in this sort of because you're you're sort of chasing something and you're trying to think yeah. about what the audience want and go, well, this really worked last time. And I know this has got 10, 12 million views. And so you're trying to combat going what the audience want and what you're trying to anticipate rather than going authentically go, I'm really interested in exploring this. Is that yeah, it's also like, it's also much harder than um, like, let's say a music artist who has a label, like, cause then you're having, at least, even though the label is always going to push you to do the corny things that you might might not want to do as the artist, the reality is that at least you have somebody on your team that's like trying to make you successful. You get what I'm saying? Whereas when you're just alone as a dancer, you don't have a music label, you don't have anything. Like your only opportunity is to maybe choreograph for an artist, or maybe choreograph for a TV show, or maybe choreograph for a movie or travel the world teaching dance based off of your own online videos when none of those are necessarily enough to live off of individually which is like kind of like the sad truth about you know about dance it's like it's very hard to sustain yourself for a long track record with just like one of those categories you know so when you're a dancer it's hard because not only are you fighting with yourself of trying to do cool things and get recognized for it and create your own path. But you're also then fighting, not somebody else who's trying to get you to do something popular, but yourself of like, should I just be doing more things popular to like get like the opportunity to do what I wanna do? Or, you know, because at least when you have like this like group of people, it's like, no, yes, no, like, you know, but with when it's just you, you're like, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know. Kind of like stuck because you could go to so many different avenues and then but you yeah you, know, you have like you have like friends who are also in the same sort of situation in terms of the creative sector of choreographers mm-hmm. and dancers and stuff and and obviously mentors who can kind of advise you but it's, it's totally different to if you're a music artist you've got your management you've got your commissioner you've got the label you've got all those things and people who are advising you to go a certain way it it, it must be yeah it must be quite confusing sometimes to create really what you want to create especially with that kind of not noise but that backing of people loads of people watching to see what next yeah. thing you do and you're yeah just even me like starting to, just even me starting to like incorporate and work on freestyle more and as me as a dancer which arguably is maybe the only thing that probably re-advanced my dance and like re-advanced my refreshness into loving dance yeah. which is why I'm still where I'm at in dance today. When yeah. I was doing that for the first two years, I was getting nothing but hate comments. Like, really? I mean, I, I was getting like interest from like my peers that were like, oh, wow, like, dang, you're like really kind of growing back to the drawing board and you're kind of really 
you know, um, start not starting over from scratch, but just like really taking your time to dig back into dance. And we appreciate that. And we like, you know, whatever, I would get that from my peers, but from the outside of people that are my fans, that it's like, that's who, how I've gotten to where I've gotten kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. They were just like, what is this? Like, where are your like pop song um, wordplay videos, basically, well, because, you know? Because you were freestyling and not going, like not putting movements of words because you're yeah, exactly. going through the lyrics. Yeah. Also, people get this perception that just because you are literally just because footage exists of you doing something other than what they know you for, that now you've shifted and now you've changed. Now you're just this. Like, That's always going to happen. I mean, there's so many. Yeah. I talk about I talked to someone about um, Matthew McCon McConaughey, who, yeah. who was amazing at kind of rom-coms. And then he stopped doing it because he didn't want to do it anymore. And he did work for 12, like 20 months or something like that because he wow. wants to get like, drama scripts and stuff. And you're going to get that kind of backlash from people who really want you to do what they think they, you should be doing. And you go, yeah. I really want to be doing this and I don't want to be doing that. So I've got to say- And then no. there's also <laughs> such like a scary long track record history of artists that have then failed at the new thing that they wanted to try. So then that also starts to get into your head too. Yeah. You know, because you as a consumer have probably said a thousand times like, oh, I like so-and-so's first album. Or oh, I like the, the first movie is always, you know, yeah. you've all done that a thousand times. So, you know, you've done that as a person a thousand times. So once you're an artist and now you've had your first thing out and everybody loved it. And it was so, you know, now you're like, oh God, am I going to be that person that just fell off too? Like, you know, cause people are like me. I'm like an easily judgmental person of art. That's why you put it out there. People judge it, people experience it, people, whatever. And yeah. it's so hard when you're an artist. Cause you're just, you're just like, right in the middle because you're conscious of the fact that people are tough you know you're like yeah you must oh. you've you got to have kind of grit as well to have the yeah. the the stance to stand by your work when you create these things and you put it out there especially if it's like a music video if it's like a film or whatever or even with your own personal brand on your yeah. YouTube thing that you go i stand by this and whatever even if it gets two million views and it's not getting 20 million views it's okay because yeah. Because I think I think even just with, I was listening to FK Twigs um, on a podcast, and she was saying that she doesn't really care about the numbers, even though the labels always do care about numbers. Yeah. But she's like, I want to create something that's authentic, and then the right people will come along to my journey rather than me chasing the numbers. Yeah. Well, also, like I started, I like started to discover this thing recently where like um artists have this big tendency to like really um hate or stray away from things that they perceive to be corny because then they like think it's not um you know in line with them and what they stand for or whatever but the reality is like you know depending on how you want to like thrive or not thrive or what you want your identity to be you can always be you inside of like anything that you want to do as long as it's a match and as long as you do feel like it's a fit but there are more often than not ways to like actually make something fit to you and be yourself than I think people like anticipate because they're just not willing to experiment or shift some things around a little bit or whatever. So um, a big chapter in the last few years for me has honestly been um, has been like brand deals that are like direct from brands to hit me up to just make content, whether it be photos, video, explaining a cool new camera, whatever. And I, I would say that probably 30 or 40% of those opportunities have come to me because I'm like just an all around creative. And, you know, I've done random ones where I like, I take on a, a Canon 
D80 for a week and shoot my own photography as a creative that's also a photographer on the side. And I would have never gotten that if I didn't just take time to just tell people like, hey, you know, I also do photos. I, I, I like the photo. I'm not trying to be the greatest photographer in the world, but like, I'm interested in this. I think I'm pretty good at it. And here's some photos, you know, and, and I, it takes courage to do like. I also think I was, I was talking to someone. I, talk, I talked to a lot of people about lots of different things. It's, I always go, I talk to someone because I always do. Um, talk yeah. to about um, influencer versus kind of content creator. Yeah. And, and someone who has influence. And I think because you are someone who is a, is, is, a, is a creative and has influence on people and you are kind of, a, and you are a content creator. There's this, there's this, you don't, you just, you don't take, because there's a difference between what some influencers do and they take the product and they just shoot themselves exactly. like, on, a, on a bench or whatever. But yeah. like a content creator, someone who's yeah. a creative is creating a concept and like orchestrating it. And it's about creating that kind of world, like is it, as if it was yeah. like an, an, an creative ad company or something. No, you know? literally. So basically that's what's essentially paved for me to be doing what I'm doing in the last year, two years, which is my real goal to like start a production company that's all um, rooted in uh, and and maintained by creative people that actually can do a ton of things that no one knows that they can do, that they actually could do as like a full job. You know, people just never maybe have given them the chance. So like, for example, like I, I choreographed with this boy band called Pretty Much. And there is a, a member of the band named Brandon that um, actually edits my videos, like the videos that I get hired to do for brands. And like, I actually hire him as an editor because he's such a good editor. Yeah, and why not? why not? Yeah. So no one would think that he does that, but I've hired him now to like edit a Remy Martin campaign. I've hired him to produce a song for for it um uh he's edited like three things for me now as just an editor and one of them he's dancing in uh, or, and, and singing dancing and singing in as himself as an artist and so he's editing his own you know things and because i have these artists that are like helping me execute projects to look as though we are basically a full creative agency um, whether it be to the actual creative agency, the client, or just my followers, every single person is thinking that my production is a much bigger deal than it is just because instead of just pocketing, you know, whatever my fee is for the brand deal post, I'm actually reinvesting somewhere between 20 and 40% of that into the content itself because sure, the then- it just is heightened. It makes everybody involved look more official. It probably attracts all the extra brand deals that I've gotten in the last, you know, years. And it definitely like is like almost a self-fulfilling prophecy then. Yeah, it's like um, I was listening to a podcast with uh, Shaq, the basketball player. Yeah, yeah. Great, great analogy. He said when he was just in his early 20s, he would, his father said this really simple thing. He said, Put um twenty percent, sorry, put like seventy percent away in 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 like a storage, like somewhere like an investment thing. Don't even think about it. It's gone. It's gone. And then you put ten percent away, like for like kind of like your kind of get out situation if you ever kind of need it. And then the other twenty percent is for you to play with, right? Yeah. So, so you've got your like your your money, but most of it is gone in investment. 
And that, I think that's the, that's the way to go forward. It's not just to go, okay, that's my buyout fee or that's my fee. I'm just going to take that. It's about how do we reinvest in ourselves from the money that we are and then keep growing and getting bigger. Yeah, because let's say I get a certain fee for something. And if I take 20% to reinvest into a photographer, a location, maybe a, an additional outfit, let's say someone gives me a pair of shoes and they all they want is a photo. Obviously, I could snap a photo of my feet on like outside like hey here's my me and my new shoes and i could get the same fee or i could act like a production company and hire a photographer get the location get the outfit that i'm matching with for the shoes get a whole bunch of different photographs for the day maybe just for other things that i could just post online anytime because i'm already paying for the space blah 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 um all of these things are a write-off you know for me uh, on my taxes and boom, I still get 80% or 60% of what I made that just literally popped up out of thin air because I don't have a real job. This is my real job, you know? So it's like, you know, I got to run with it. And it's like, this is an opportunity to not only make money, but create more content that can also open my net so that I can attract more people to see the type of content that I create so that if they are interested in me it's like they have a long list of things they can look at like oh wow you know and you're also giving giving other people the opportunity to shine as well and i think we yeah about, we were talking earlier on, uh just before we started about how it's such a, such a difficult time especially for like studios and stuff like yeah. i think uh ryan heffington's uh sweat is it sweatshop is it called I i'm not sure i think it's called sweat something i think it closed down i think it's not yeah a, it's obviously just covid situation and you were saying that you turned your garage into a, into a studio for dancers and creatives to rehearse and stuff. And it's great that you kind of give them back and give people the opportunity. Yeah, that's really been um, since quarantine. That's like my biggest personal project. Oddly enough, like but literally between brand deals uh, and doing our own productions to create the content for those brand deals. And then I teach like an online class like once a month. Uh, but the rest of my time has really been dedicated to um, renovating my garage to turn it into like a full mini, mini production studio. So we have like a lighting kit that, for example, like if I were producing some of the music videos or smaller budget dance videos that I do, I have a lighting package that just to rent for the day would cost me $500 to just have for one day. Yeah. Not along like the actual price of the lights themselves. And yeah. so dancers that are coming in here, at $22 an hour, they're getting a $500 lighting package rental set up for free and it's pre-rigged and they could just turn their iPhone on and look like a complete pro. And, you know, that's something that I've never, I've been to 31 countries, no studio has ever had professional lighting like that that I've ever been to in 31 countries. So I started to look at things like you know, instead of the dance, um, the dance business was set up for volume. So that's why it's, it's so unfortunate with all these studios that they're closing because there's no way they can make volume because the business um, is structured around having as many classes as possible, having as many students in those classes as possible, as many days as possible, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of times because it's such a big space, because the bigger the space, the more people you can have. But that concept is also not the only way that people experience dance. There's not like, I feel like enough mixed experiences of dance. There's not enough maybe rental studios or just places that are low key, that are affordable that dancers can go to create. Because mm. if you think about it, like your average dancer's experience 
Um, you could be a dancer for 10 years and never have rented studio space by yourself to just like go and just experiment and just like think and just hang out and just have some fun in the dance studio. You yeah. could only maybe have ever danced in the room with like 60 other people and you're like four lines back and like it's a to that's a totally different experience than going to a like you know chill little garage somewhere and hanging out with your friends for two hours and oh maybe we made this little routine or you know just things that are more accessible you know like oh i want to take a dance class so the only place for me to go is the most professional place ever for me to learn in the room with all these like super intimidating dancers that it's like I i'm never gonna do this you know yeah. so i wanted to create an experience for people that are just like here and just like maybe just want to either they have something really serious that they have to get done and they can get it done for a really affordable price or they just want to like go somewhere just to go somewhere i have a i have a woman coming in i think tomorrow it's either tonight or tomorrow and she messaged me and she doesn't have anything to do with dance she's like a comedian and she just had a son and she was like i can't do anything because my son is crying all the time and i just need a space to do a live stream um set you know and there you go and like is, is there is there not because I, I don't know i i don't know the whole space. i know the whole i know like the big studios like medallion complex and stuff but like in in london uh, you have you have like the big kind of studios like pineapple and stuff but you then you yeah, have like yeah. smaller independent studios where you can just go and rent for like 10 pounds an hour yeah, like yeah. like 15 dollars but is in la is, is that not a thing do people not so have it's like studio? i don't know it's hard it's like there are those places um but the, even those places are right in between like because they're handling such professional gigs all the time you know it's like they're even still a little bit inaccessible because like those are still for like almost the top 20 30 percentile dancer that can even afford that you get what i'm saying like right for every five dancers there are three of them can't pay a single bill off of dance you get what i'm saying like yeah you get what i'm saying so it's like even though i'm a dancer it's like professionally you're you're doing whatever you have to do to make money you know what i'm saying so at the end of the day like you can't be swinging 30 plus dollars 40 dollars an hour to just be a new up-and-coming choreographer that's like trying to just have a nice space to like make something uh, just yeah. a video or whatever you know because yeah, yeah. it is it's just too much it, overhead it is when you start out though like every every director every artist anyone will say to you is that you've got to do your own thing for people to kind of yeah. recognize you to give the opportunity because if you haven't got like a portfolio how do you get anything? And if it's really, really expensive to hire these studios, how do you, and also all the studios are, are, are taken up by these massive choreographers and stuff and teachers. It's so difficult for people just to experiment and just try things to like- It's just so intimidating. It's just so intimidating, period. You know, it's just like, and just sometimes even this, um, it sounds dumb, but honestly, sometimes even just the size of a room or just walking into a place and seeing a receptionist and oh, you're in studio A, you know, like, I mean, these are all, normal dance things it's totally fine it's totally cool but to be able to walk up to a neighbor like park in a neighborhood and just walk down a driveway i'm always busy in here or like gone doing something mm -hmm. and the studio kind of just runs itself all day long and i got a, i built a little makeshift bathroom out there and like people just are back there you know and they could just That's do right. their thing and you know because right. 
I know what it feels like because I use all the technology things since forever. I was like early on Uber, early on Airbnb, early on, you know, everything. I'm a technology kid. So I know what it's like to be a user of these services. And me personally, I'm like not the biggest like stranger people person. Like I'm totally friendly. I mean, I've traveled 31 countries. It's like, you know, I can be with anybody. It's I don't really care. But if I had a choice... I would rather just like pull up somewhere and just start my thing and not have to have a whole, you know, thing with somebody. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of want to be in my zone because that's why I'm renting the space to like get in my, your head. my head space. And so I know what it's like to just want to come somewhere and just not talk to anybody and just do your thing and just like go in. Like everybody will tell you that their best Airbnb experiences were not when someone came to greet you and showed you this and showed you that. And, you know, but was actually like you just pulled up and you clicked the cloud and oh my god, we're here. Yeah, you know, like your stuff. Yeah, I know, I know. Because also, obviously, like when you go to these things as well, you don't want to be recognized because then you've got to have conversations with everyone. And then you're like, oh hey, yeah, hey, what you're doing. Well, here? that was the thing is that me and this other choreographer Brian Puspas, we started using this other studio in Glendale for years because it was just off the grid. Like no one knew about it. It was a huge space, and you know. We were just like, I just don't want to see anybody when I go to go make this thing. You know, I want to just be in my own. It's the, it's the thing. same thing when, I, when I'm working here as well. I don't like to be in the mainstream things. I never book anything in the main ones. I'm always like in these back alleys in like East London or like North London somewhere. Just, I always have rehearsals somewhere that no one really is in the kind of main eye. We've got, we got, yeah. like, we got like our three or four kind of main big places, which is just like, and then the commercial people, if you Google like dance studio, it comes up with that. But anyone who knows will go to like the, the outskirts one because that's exactly. And I also did it to like, I also really did it to inspire anybody in the dance world that like, you know, a lot of times um, these studios, unfortunately, the way that their business is set up is like, we're not really able to build past the studio because the dancers are funding the studio. And so the studio needs the dancers and the dancers need the studio. Right. And it's like this weird kind of thing, but like, fortunately, because I'm like my own person and I'm like my own thing and I don't have uh, I mean, I have a mortgage obviously, but I'm paying my mortgage as me, Ian Eastwood, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know what I'm saying? So I don't need to worry about making a profit from this studio because I, it's, yeah, it's just, it just doesn't cost anything. It's already there. I already invested tens of thousands of dollars into it. So it's sitting there. It's not doing anything, you know? Um, so it's, it's an interesting business dynamic shift to where people that do come here, I have so much flexibility on my end of what I can offer people or not offer people because I actually need it for my own work, which was the original reason why I did it. You know, it just gives me so much flexibility. Whereas if you're a studio owner, maybe you're a studio owner and you actually do want to do all these creative things, but it's like, but I got to pay the bills. So I got to have classes eight to 10. And so I can only get in the studio at blah, 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 blah. And, you know, so maybe you're naturally inhibited to become a creative person just by the pure business you have to face as a studio owner. Yeah. And so um, what I want to do, as, as, we're, as we're rounding up, I'd love to know, well, we, what we do on the podcast is we do a give back. I'd love to know what the most inspiring thing that you've kind of remembered, it could be like a book, a painting, 
a film, because I know you're, you're really into your films and stuff. What would you kind of give back to, to the audiences that are listening now? Um, I would say that the thing I'm most inspired by right now is how creative people have still been during, um, during this time, uh, especially from like being here at the, uh, at my house and studio is my favorite part of just every single day is to be able to go outside and see the fact that rain or shine, you know, people are making stuff every day and sometimes i feel really uninspired and don't want to dance at all but i can actually get an entire like fill off of the fact that like no knowing that no matter what somewhere it's not as dead as it like necessarily feels you know because like sometimes you have the tendency to feel like your experience is everybody's experience because we're just like selfish people you know yeah and like i'll be having a crummy day and then like you know, my whole thing, like I'm saying, I don't want to bother people. I want to leave them. And I'll just walk outside and just to see that someone is just like really doing something, whatever it is. And sometimes the more different it is from what I do, the more it kind of actually touches me because it's just like, yo, this is just a person that's just like needing to just express today. And they just want to like get out and just get some feelings out you know and that's been like the most inspiring thing to me is seeing people take time for themselves in this in a studio lately that's like been something that's just like really floored me and kept me inspired and just like the variety you know like I said somebody coming in to do a comedy show because her kid's crying somebody that um there's a kid I know that's a freestyle that he rented here for 12 hours and he just had small batches of friends come in and just do like little sometimes a TikTok, sometimes a freestyle video and this guy kicked it here for you know 12 hours and just had such a good time he just really enjoyed himself yeah and i guess yeah just seeing like i'm saying just seeing those people like seeing the resilience of people during this time has really inspired me uh because it's almost like smacks me in the face you know it kind of like gets me out of like my own you know woes me you know life yeah life things yeah i think people people have surprised me how creative people can be in these situations yeah you put restrictions in front of them yeah specifically if i were to actually pick one person there's specifically a, a guy named jason rodello who works out of here and he, I don't know if you've seen him, but he does these really hysterical um, dance comedy videos. Right. And he has these guys called the Mo- Motivational Warriors and they all wear blue and they just like, he went super viral on TikTok and on um, just on Instagram and stuff for, for dancers. Mm-hmm. And so this guy at the beginning of quarantine was like kind of struggling with he's actually a really good dancer and really great choreographer but he is really into comedy and he was trying to figure out certain ways to incorporate um comedy into dance and just like find an interesting path for himself so uh literally he was one of the first people that started renting from me in the studio as soon as it was open like the rest of the studio wasn't even finished yet and he was uh i remember one day he came in and he said i'm gonna start actually working on some comedy stuff i'm gonna use half my time for dance and then i'm gonna use the other half for some comedy ideas and he came up with this whole concept of these motivational warriors which is these dancers 
him and his buddies and they just like do these really silly dances and he has this like workout instructor microphone that just makes everything he says really like distorted and just hysterical and just like rushed and panicked you know yeah and uh so he created this whole identity and they started going viral and uh he like uh got verified and he got put on like the top 50 TikTok people of the year. And he did wow. a whole, okay. yeah, like wow. he really like, a, like literally in a matter of like two to three months was a good dancer that everybody knew and was getting his name up to like a totally different, like social, like person, you know what I'm saying? Like, like social media enterprise, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like a whole thing that was not Jason Rodello, the dance guy I know that comes to my class. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, like this is like, oh, this, oh, he's that guy. You know, he does the motivational warrior thing. And in a matter of like a couple months, he had so many celebrities come here. He had like Dylan Francis come here who wanted to collaborate with him. He had Neve from Catfish. I hung out with Neve from Catfish like two times in my dance studio because this guy was doing videos. I'm going to have, I'm definitely going to have to check him out definitely gotta check them out yeah like i would have never within three months of me opening this dance studio there's certain dance choreographer friends that i've known for 10 15 years that i thought would have you know stepped foot in this place before neve from catfish that i'm watching every <laughs> like and this guy's been here three times like you know i'm like what the hell like so funny how things happen isn't it? so yeah i think so shout well. out to him specifically that that personally really inspired me i mean i watched it in front of my own eyes and you should definitely check him out jason rodell he's you crack you up. Well, I want to say thank you so much for coming on 360 yourself. It's been absolutely a pleasure to talk to you. And I'm, yeah, I've been man. a fan of your work for a long, long time. And I always oh, say to people that I, I love talking to people that I'm a massive, like you guys are inspiration. So it's great to just finally just chat to you and chat like a normal human being and just have a conversation. So thank yeah, you. Yeah, definitely. No, I appreciate it, man. This was like a super cool talk. It definitely like took my day into a nice, you know, Good. Yeah, you know, <laughs> nice chill combo. Good. Well, I hope you have a lovely, well, uh, rested evening, whatever you get up to. Yeah. Thank you, boss. I appreciate you. Have a good one, man. This is 360 Yourself, and I'm Jamie Neal. Thank you very much for taking a moment to listen to our wonderful guests. Please subscribe to our podcast to access all our brilliant guest episodes. They are released every Sunday at 12pm. We are available on all listening platforms, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Overcast, Google Podcasts and Castro. You can also find us on Instagram at 360 underscore yourself, Twitter at yourself360 and our host at Jamie Neal JN. Thank you for listening.